0: Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean.
1: And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Happy Wednesday, everyone. Welcome into the Gramlich and McLean podcast. Our season previews continue. We have already done four of them. And today... We are talking about the Florida State Seminoles, one of the biggest brands in the ACC. There's no doubt about it. Can they get back to a bowl? Can they do more? Can they get past that? That's the big question here with Florida State. So we've got new episodes coming at you Monday, Wednesday, Friday. we got Florida State today and Virginia Tech on Friday. We just did Louisville on Monday. So stay tuned here at the Grand Looking McLean podcast. And oh, look. It's Eric McLean. He's here with us. What, what a shocker.
0: <laughs> what a shocker, KG. Come on, man. How
1: fun, Your name's on the title. Man, that's
0: right. How fun have these things been? I mean, just to sit down with these coaches, to hear it directly from them. I mean, it's pretty cool access that these SIDs cannot thank them enough gave us to, to be able to talk with these coaches for 10, 15, 20 minutes and just really dive into their program about themselves because nobody can tell us better than than that direction of what they're doing. So it's been a lot of fun and just continue to build those relationships. I mean, a lot of these guys we have been with in person uh, and will continue to, to fortify and build those things. So, KG, it has been a ton of fun. But let's go ahead and jump right into this thing. Coach Mike Norvell, Florida State Seminoles. Let's go. goodness y'all I I just have to tell you this real quick we we just had the craziest podcast dilemma coach was very patient coach thank you for your time thank you for joining
2: us now we can get this thing started I appreciate you guys having me on and uh, we got to work through it all we're we're rolling now (laughs)
0: that's right hey listen it sounds like you just had a, a awesome vacation with the family are you are you a big mountains guy as opposed to the beach
2: uh no I mean I just I enjoy time with them and uh, we like going out to the lake and uh, kind of relaxing there. My daughter's uh, she just turned eight, so uh, we're Come on. she's uh, she's getting into fishing a little bit. Caught her first catfish, which was awesome. And wow, uh, and it's good to get back to Tallahassee. And uh, now it's uh it, it's game on. We're excited. I love it. I love Coach, it.
1: have you and uh Coach Doran ever talked fishing? Because when we talked with him, we spent the first five minutes of the interview talking about fishing. He <laughs> loves to fish.
2: No, no, I'm I'm actually I'm kind of a I'm kind of a newbie into the into the fishing world too. Okay. So uh, I, it's uh, it's something that my daughter likes likes doing, and uh, we've kind of we're kind of jumping into it together. So I'm I'm not going to have a whole lot of conversations outside, <laughs> of uh, uh, especially with any other coaches about fishing. I'm just it's kind of kind of a fun family thing.
0: I understand, coach. He, here's the deal. I'm glad you're starting off the right way because my grandfather took me, and I, I've already told this story. He took me to like a fish farm. That was my first deal. And so at a fish farm, you drop your rod in, you get a fish, you pull it out. That simple. And then he said, "We're going to go real fishing." I said, "What the heck do you mean? We've been doing yeah. that for three years." And uh, I found out real fishing was not as fun. So I'm glad <laughs> you started with real fishing, and she's hooked on it.
2: No, absolutely, yeah. That yeah, you were you were you were good uh, catching there at the Exa- beginning. I was right? catching like exactly, yes. exactly. <laughs> nice use
1: of hooked, Mac. Okay. <laughs> Let's get to your team, Coach. Let's talk about Jordan Travis. We actually just interviewed E.J. Manuel, a seminal alum, one of the winningest quarterbacks in ACC history. And when we asked him about Jordan Travis, I'm telling you, his smile like lit <laughs> up the screen. He was so excited to talk about JT. So what has Jordan's offseason been like? I know you guys, you sent a big message. You didn't bring anyone in, in the portal. This is going to be his team. So what has his offseason looked like from your vantage point?
2: No, it's been incredible, and just, uh, you know, seeing his confidence grow, you know, going into his third year in the system, um, you know, he's had to, he's had to work through a lot of, uh, a lot of challenges, and uh, that's, uh, you know, on the field, some of the things he had to work through, just, uh, you know, off the field, you know, continuing to grow and develop, I mean, it's just, uh, it's been a heck of a journey, and uh, to see the way that, uh, you know, Jordan's approach each day, and in the offseason, uh, you know, spring practice, you know, the, the, the way our team has responded to him, I mean, he, you he was uh, he really grew through the season last year. I think when you look at the at the back half of the year and just the production that he had, the growth that he showed, mm-hmm. um, you know, just his effectiveness, uh, you know, as a passer, you know, you know, vertically down the field, but also in an intermediate game. I think it's uh, it's something that uh, you know he's—you're seeing all the work and that translate to to the efficiency that he was able to have here this spring, and uh, you are expecting great things from him this fall, as well as you know the, the continued growth and development with the other guys that are in that room.
0: He, he's such a, a dynamic player, Coach. It just feels like every time that I watch him, it's, man, you think you got him, you think you have him wrapped up, and then boom, he escapes the pocket. He's making plays happen downfield. He's using his legs. He, he's a special guy, and I love what you just brought up there because it truly did seem like when the sky was falling, everything bad was happening, there was this turning moment where Florida State could have done one or two things. They could have packed it up and went home or we could have rallied the troops like you did, which I thought was an unbelievable coaching job and buy by the players and get this thing going in the right direction. It seemed like JT was a big part of that. It seemed like once this light kind of clicked, the playbook opened up, you guys really started to push the ball downfield, all these different things, and he really took over on his own accord.
2: Well, you know, I think it, it's a uh... – it was an example of the, just the buy in of, of our guys, our players, of, of Jordan, um, you know, and what we're doing and uh, what we're what we're building. And you know, we knew that you know coming in, um, you know, we had to set the foundation. And that was you know, we had a lot of close games last year. Uh, you didn't start off anywhere near the way we wanted to, but um, you know, we were able to grow from a lot of the lessons that were learned. And you know, it wasn't a, a perfect fairy tale uh, you know, ending, but you know, it was, there were was still a lot of things that we were able to point back to as we went into the offseason to say these. Are the things that uh, you know, we've got to grow from and you know, we have a lot of a lot of production that's coming back from last season but you know also have a lot of competition we're able to bring in uh you know some some great newcomers uh you know guys from the high school ranks guys uh you know, some transfers that came in uh guys that bring experience bring maturity and uh, you know also uh, you know, just a great fit for what we're what we're trying to to build here at Florida State, and so you know, with all that and the work that that our players are putting in, there's a, there's a lot of confidence in, in where we're going, and we know the challenges are still ahead. But uh, you know, when you have guys you know like Jordan that uh, that have had those experiences, uh, you've know, kind of been through some of the roller coaster moments, but uh, you know, it, it it gives a a great deal of excitement for for the next steps in our journey.
1: We talked with Coach Satterfield recently, and he was talking about his quarterback, Malik Cunningham, and he said there were times in the spring where we told him, you can't run. You can't just tuck it and run. You've got to make a play with your arm. Is that something you've been working with with Jordan Travis? Will we see maybe a little bit more of that vertical passing game? Because when he was able to connect on those, it was electric. I guess, how do you coach a dual-threat guy? It's got to be different than someone who doesn't have that ability. So what goes into that, Coach?
2: Well, you know, I think Jordan, you know, he has a a great ability as a passer. And, you know, it's not it's not something that you know I, I think when you have a playmaker like that you got to let make playmakers make plays you know and and so I don't ever want to handcuff him in any situation uh, like that because he's not he's not somebody that just is a run first player he is you know he is just trusting his drops trusting his rhythm um, you know it, it takes 11 guys on the field uh, you know all, all operating together and um, you know when a, when a play, opportunity to make a play with your arm is there let's do it when opportunity to make a play with your legs are there um, you know obviously that's uh, that's utilizing the skills and talent that he has as well. but we're um, excited. Um, I, I don't you know we haven't had to do that because you know, you know Jordan you see the confidence in his progressions you see the, the confidence in, in what he's able to do uh, you know, in the passing game you know both intermediately and vertically down the field and uh, you know just having some of these guys that are, have been young receivers that have been able to grow and develop with him and then some of the newcomers that, that have joined the program uh, really I, I believe bring a dynamic element to what we're trying to do.
0: Coach, before we go to the defensive side of the ball, I just want to look at your offensive line because I feel like that is a group that, you know, hasn't quite been to the Florida State standard in years past and really thought last year made some great headway and some guys came together, they made some noise and they really started to be a group you could rely upon. You go out, you add a couple more pieces. Some of these guys have stayed and they're growing up with you. It really looks like a unit that can be back to those
2: championship
0: years for Florida State.
2: You know, that's that's the one position I'm probably most excited to, to see the continued growth. That's and what we've I like had, to hear. We, we've, had, uh, you know, we've had a lot of we've, we've played with a lot of youth here uh, <laughs> in the last couple of years. And, uh, you know, we've had some unfortunate injuries and uh, you've had to shuffle a lot of different lineups. But, you know, as you see those guys growing up, I mean, it, it's it's exciting They're growing physically, but also growing mentally and understanding that's a that's a tough position to play. And, uh, you know, the the. You know, we talked about the quarter the, the confidence of Jordan and just seeing that uh, that growth we're seeing the same things on the offensive line and we have been able to bring in some some great newcomers I think we're gonna have you know ten newcomers that have joined the program uh, between transfers and high school players that we were able to, to go get and you know some of those guys we think will have an opportunity to help impact us early but but also you know just the the, the youth that has played over the last few years you know now they they, they walk with a different swagger they've yeah. got that confidence they understand what to expect but then now physically Physically, they're going to. They're in such a better position to be able to execute those things we're asking them to do, just from the work and and, and development that they've been able to have.
1: Mm-hmm. Coach, we all know that there are positives and negatives to the portal. I mean, that's true with any of this new stuff. But with what Jermaine Johnson did last year, I you all, I think you already had a view of the portal of look, this can make us better. But then Jermaine Johnson happens, and he's a first round pick, and he's an absolute game changer. Did that maybe increase your um, want to use the portal or did it stay the same?
2: Well, you know, for us, it's always about finding the right fit for Florida State. And, uh, you know, I don't I really don't care, you know, where where we have to go to uh, to, to bring uh, the right <laughs> young men into the program. I mean, whether it's high school, whether it's junior college, whether it's a, you know a, a college transfer, um, you know, we're not going to lower the standard of the type of young men and, and what we're what we're looking to bring. And, you know, we, we mentioned the youth that we've had um, and, you know, we've been one of the youngest teams in college football the last couple of years. But, you know, being able to write b- bring in guys that have experience experience, Guys that that are that are mature, uh, you know, in their in their years of, of being able to play at the at the collegiate level, uh, you know, I think that is a benefit. But uh, you know, you look at. Um Jermaine, you look at guys like Kier Thomas was it was another you know great a uh, great transfer. Jamie Robinson, yeah. you know you, you just go through the ro- the roster of guys that have been able to come in and you know yes you point to what they're doing on the field, but I for what matters to me is what they're doing in that locker room, what they're doing you know off the field, you know being able to be examples of what it needs to look like. And you know unfortunately you through transition and you know our first couple of years there, there's been a lot of change around around this program, and you know to be able to have the continuity and for guys that are coming in and doing it, you know, our way and doing it, you know, being able to take ownership in, in the way that we operate, the way that we work, you know, you know, hitting that, that Florida State standard, it gives a great example for some of our younger players mm-hmm. to see that within the program. Rather than a coach telling them what it look, needs to look like, we're starting to see players coaching players. And that's, that's what, cool. you know, that's what you always want, you know, uh, to see grow within the program. And, you know, I think you saw some of that last year. I mean, you know, you talked a little bit, you know, Eric, just about the, you know, the response from a team, but you know, that's, they have to have those examples they have to have those experiences and and you know confidence comes through that experience and come through that work that you can overcome things and you know there's plenty of people in the world that will tell you what you can't do but exactly. whenever you're able to, to live that out and 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 to have those experiences now it's about becoming more efficient more consistent you know being able to do those things at a higher level and when you have players that are helping spread that message uh, it, it accelerates the process but also when you go and you add a transfer in you know it's not just the Coach telling, it's guys that have just lived it, you know, before them. Yeah. And so I'm uh, really excited about the the group we've been able to add. And, you know, it 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 really hasn't changed the way we viewed it because we're always trying to find the best fit for our team and for Florida State.
0: Right. But before I kind of dive into a couple of individuals on that defense coach, it brought up something as you were just talking there and thinking that Man, this new world that we're in, I mean, you are now more in your staff. I mean, members of your staff are more of a general manager than ever. I mean, you're having to look at numbers and eligibility and how many years does this guy have? And okay, is this guy in the portal? Can we go and fill an instant need? Do you kind of have a number in your mind that, Hey, we're, we're going to have 15, high school scholarship type deal here. And then we're going to have six or seven that we're going to go to the portal. We need some older guys. Do you have that number in your head or is it just literally a case by case deal?
2: No, I mean, you have a, a a pretty good sense of what your roster looks like. And as you as you go through the year, um, you know, if there's a if there's an opportunity to help with an, with an experienced player um, where maybe you're losing, you know, you we look at, you know, defensive end last year. i really excited about the guys we have returning, you know, Derek McClendon, you know, Dennis Briggs, uh, some of the young the young freshmen that were were a part of the program. Um, but, you know, you also lost Keir Thomas and Jermaine Johnson, two of the most you know, impactful uh, defensive ends, you know, in the conference last year. and so to go out and be able to get a Jared verse, you know, that's an exciting addition to our program. And, you know, you to have the example of what those guys did before we knew that that was probably something we wanted to add that experience to the room and you continue to develop those young guys. And I think that's, that's been a good, a good mix. But so we went into it thinking, yes, this is where we'd like to possibly take a transfer. Um, but, you know, it's not always going to work out exactly like that, but, you know, cause this is a, it is, is a new age. There's a lot of, a lot of changes and uh, you know, the ebb and flow of, of, of managing a roster uh it is you know it's uh, definitely as unique now as it's ever been but uh, you know we, we try to stay on top of it um, and then adjust to, to the things that uh, that do present themselves
0: yeah and, and I love that you bring up Jared verse there a guy that I think is is going to jump onto the scene very quickly I mean he he has cat-like reflexes very quick has a strong hand and just looking at that entire defensive line I mean it's it's scary you know for opposing guys when they see this front line up across from them. but another guy that man if, if I was a tight end, a slot receiver. I, I don't want to come across the middle and meet Jamie Robinson. I mean, he has he just emerged a, as a freak, as a superstar. And I think, you know, really turning into and developing into one of the best safeties in the country. What have you really, I guess, seen from him, you know, prime time of this leadership role? You're a senior, you're a guy that people are going to rely upon, you know, going into the season. What have you seen from him growth-wise uh, this offseason?
2: You know, I think that just, you know, his his maturity and confidence within all things that we're, that we're doing within the program. He's a great player. You see that uh, from from this last year, first team all-conference, um, you know, really uh, as he was able to move back to to, to one of our you know, high safeties, uh, um, you know, there you really emerged, you know, creating takeaways, the big plays, you know, obviously always around the ball. Um, but then, you know, being able to come back and, and see the growth within the defensive backfield, you know, we returned, uh, you know, a lot of guys there, uh, been able to, to go. Go and uh, you know you add a couple other additions to it, but you know you've seen him and just his communication, the confidence in in the in the terminology, taking his game to the next level. Uh, we're really excited about what Jamie brings to our to our defense and our football team. And you see the emergence of a guy like Akeem Dent, who's going to be you know the other safety there, working with him. Um, you know those guys, I think, can be one of the top you know safety tandems in the country. And and you know really how they play off of each other, they're communicating like veterans, and you see that. You see that confidence in, in, a, in a daily uh, you know, approach, especially through this spring and spring practice, and and uh, you know excited about the guys that are behind those guys. They're going to continue to push and, and make an impact as well.
1: Coach, we know FSU's schedule is is always tough. I mean, it's always loaded. You got Miami, you got Clemson, you got Florida, you got all these great teams. You're also playing LSU just for good measure, adding another team in there. But you have a week zero game in with Duquesne. W- what is the benefit? of that for you guys. I feel like as a player getting, I'm not going to call it a preseason game because I don't want to be disrespectful, but just being able to get out there and play in a real game before you play LSU.
2: Well, I mean, I love I love that we get to start to start the season here at home, too. And, uh, you know, to be able to to be at Doe Campbell Stadium playing in week zero. So we start actually start up. I mean, our report date is the the 26th of July. Um, It it is here. It is here uh, upon us. And so there's that sense of urgency of of just all things that we're doing. And, uh, you know, like I said, to be able to start off at home. Uh, is great. I mean, every every game and every every opportunity that you get to play in this stadium. I mean, it's special, and and so we're excited about that. And uh, you know, just um, you know, with with you know, playing game one at home, and then knowing where to go the next two the next two games on the road. It, you know, it's just about maximizing you know, you know each opportunity, but to be able to kick off the season here is is definitely going to be special.
0: Yeah, Coach. Last one for you here. Kelly kind of uh, inspired this question with with how you asked that. I, I think it's something that's so interesting. What are your thoughts on preseason? I mean, do you wish there were preseason games. It's crazy to me that college football is like the only major sport where there's no warm up, there's no scrimmage with other people. There's no crossover. It's just straight from you versus you to a real life game that matters. Yeah, Mac,
1: even in college basketball, we have everybody, scrimmages. Everybody yeah.
0: scrimmages. Coach, I just wanted your thoughts quickly on that. It has nothing to do with anything else that we've talked about. <laughs>
2: no, there's a good and bad about it. You know, it, it makes the importance of every game. Um, yeah. You know, there you, there are no there, there are no games that you can overlook. There's no there's no moment. It's right. it, you know that that sense of urgency is is what makes college football special. But yeah. you know, on the, on the flip side. Of it, you know, I think when you see teams and how they grow throughout the season, uh, I mean, it is uh, you know, you look back a few years, a few years ago with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when they yeah. won the Super Bowl, and you know they were sitting there and I think you know, you know, seven and six or seven and five at one point in the season, but they were able to finish and become champions. Uh, you know, those are the things that you know, each each game you get an opportunity to grow from. But you know, one of the great things about college football is you got to you got to start fast and you got to finish strong. So That's it's right. something yeah. that uh, you. Know, we talk to our guys all the time about, and uh, you know, we're, we're excited about uh, you know uh, you know, being able to kick off the season here in, in week zero and and come out of the gates.
0: No doubt about it, Coach. Thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate you. Excited to watch you guys this
2: season. I appreciate you guys having me on.
1: Thanks again to Head Coach Mike Norvell for joining us, and Mac. This is Florida State, all right? Expectations are always high. They have a rabid fan base. They have a massive brand. And the big question is, can they get back to a bowl game? I think that's how you get back in the right direction and take that next step. They finished 5-7 and seven last year, but they won four ACC games. Most teams that win four ACC games go to a bowl game. It was just a matter of starting 0-4, which is crazy. And we talked with Norvell about it. Look, the fact that he this team did not give up is really impressive. He's not on the hot seat, but I do think making a bowl game would send a very good message, especially when it comes to recruiting, fan engagement, and all that moving forward.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I I want to go back to um, how they finished the year, and and really, you know, just starting off, it it was the worst case scenario. I mean, it was old, it was, it was Terrible. I mean, EJ was sobbing in the studio every other week. Coach Rick didn't know what to do. I mean, two Florida State guys there. And we're just looking like, are they going to win a game? I mean, I remember vividly EJ and I looking at that schedule saying, who the heck can they beat? I mean, nobody. They they can't beat anybody, these guys. And then – It was like this just light switched and flipped, and they just came together, rallied as a team. Guys like Jermaine Johnson, guys uh, like Jordan Travis and and other great leaders on that team, Dylan Gibbons, Um, and that coaching staff said, guys, let's go. Let's pull it together and figure it out because KG, it it was code red. I mean, it was all head breaking loose. And they found a way to do it. So I think that was honestly one of the best coaching jobs uh, we've seen in recent Mm -hmm. years because it was, it was just all over. And for them to go basically five and two to finish the season or five and three, um, that was incredible. And so got to give kudos to them. And I think that should be some Mo uh, going into this season to build upon that and, and to see what Jordan Travis, we talked about that with coach, his growth and his development and going into this year from jump street as the guy. I mean, he, he has so many just weapons and and things that he can do with his feet, extending the play with his arm and then just pure pocket passer KG that he he's another one of these dynamic 10 guys coming back that are starters. So uh, I think Florida state can take a step forward. How big a step, you know, I think is going to be a little bit limited by the skill players. Those guys, they have to show up to play. I, I was looking at the uh, you you know their leading receivers coming back last year, and I, I think it was like the most was three hundred, or even that they had a year ago was three hundred. And yeah, y- you've got to do more than that. I mean, you you have to have nearly a thousand yard receiver, and maybe even a couple. We got to get to explosion. We got to push the ball downfield, and ultimately, that will be a step in the right direction for Florida State.
1: It's kind of funny because it's similar to Louisville and it's similar to Syracuse. How much of a passing game? Can you have how much of a consistent passing threat can you be? Because we know what Jordan Travis can do. And he is a very talented passer. There's no doubt about it. It's just where are the weapons? They brought in Micah Pittman, the Oregon transfer, who I think they're very excited about. They return a couple running backs um, who have been solid. But that's the bottom line. And I think it's odd the teams that they're going to be competing against in this division to get to a bowl game, Louisville and Syracuse. Right. They all kind of have the same issues. That's why this division is going to be really tough.
0: They, they really do. And and I think it's more so just what, what are their strengths. All three of those teams you just mentioned want to run the football. Yep. I think Louisville has all know the best. That. Right. And I think Louisville has the best complementary piece passing right now. But I think Jordan can turn into that. I think he certainly can. And I think mm-hmm. the creativity of this offense, both guys, are just going to be limited by weapons, and can they step up? You know, good thing for Louisville they have Marshawn Ford that can you know kind of be that guy. I know the FSU has McDonald. What what can they do with that? You know, what what can they do? And McLean, a young guy stepping up at wide receiver, a transfer as you mentioned. So just what skill wise, you know, can can they take a step? And, and I think that'll be the the biggest deal for sure because when you saw that turnaround that I was just talking about, they ran the heck out of the football and they did it very effectively.
1: They did, and we know they can do that. But I, as we've talked about many times on this podcast, they didn't go to the portal and get another quarterback. Jordan Travis is their guy. I think it's a big that deal. will help.
0: It's a huge deal. Huge to start deal.
1: the year, knowing who their quarterback is. Defensively, a guy who we love, who we had on the podcast, who we're big fans of, he's gone. Jermaine Johnson. How the heck do you replace Jermaine Johnson? The answer is you don't. Right, <laughs> Mac. Like you don't replace seventy tackles, twelve sacks, eighteen tackles for loss. They also lose Kier Thomas. So. Where is their pass rush going to come from? I think that's the biggest question for Florida State.
0: Yeah, you hope that those big uglies up front, you know, can really get it done. When, when I think of Cooper, I think of it. You know, can can those guys take a step on the interior? Mm-hmm. But then you've got to transfer in Jared Verse, and we asked Coach yep. about him. He, he's impressed with the things that he's seen, and, you know, I think that that is, is – it's kind of creating this, you know, transfer pipeline of, of these, you know, defensive ends that, hey, you know, is your career not maybe where you want it to be? Come to Florida mm-hmm. State and take a, another huge step. And and so your
1: first round. Can,
0: pick. Yeah. Right. So can he be that piece? Can he continue you know, that lineage? I, I've got to think so. Um, and then just the, the surrounding core, the linebacking core needs to step up, needs to be better. Um, obviously, Jamie Robinson is, is a, a freak. I mean, he he's a special player, KG, and a guy that You know, he gets his hands on the football. He makes plays happen. He's all over the place. They're leading tackler. Um, So what can he do in this, you know, last go-round, I assume, type of role? And really from a leadership, from an execution, all the little things there that you want to see from your best players.
1: I agree. I think the defense is a big question. Jared Verse, who Coach Marvell is very excited about, he's going to be a big playmaker. And I think Verse and Micah Pittman, those two transfers on either sides of the ball – they could help make or break this season for Florida State. And when I asked him, does the Jermaine Johnson experience make you believe more in the portal? He gave me a a very good answer because, you know, he still wants to recruit high school guys and they're going to go to the portal when they can. But to me, if I'm Florida State, that's the model. And when you're recruiting portal guys, you have the best example possible. A guy who was like third string at Georgia comes to Florida State, takes the ACC by storm, is a first round pick. You can use that, and there's no doubt in my mind they right. used that when they were recruiting Jared Verse.
0: No no question about it. So I, I think ultimately we just kind of laid out their offense, defense, what do these guys look like. You spell it out right here in the, in the rundown, KG. Can they get back to a bowl game? I mean, that that's yeah. the biggest thing. Had one of the longest streaks in the country come to a, a crashing halt a couple of years ago, and now it, it's been back-to-back seasons not being able to get there. Um, man, they start in a hurry. Week zero, they play before anybody else and then travel basically to LSU. I know it's in New Orleans. That'll be a glorified home Same game thing. for the <laughs> Tigers. So that they got to get out in a hurry and get ready to play some high-level football.
1: I really like their starting week zero because with a young team, some transfers, yeah. I, I like that for FSU and for North Carolina. They're both mm. doing that. So when we look at this schedule, can they get back to a bowl game? The win total per Vegas is 65 So they can still go under that and get back to a bowl game at six and six. The guaranteed losses that I see, Mac, the the ones that I think they're probably not going to win that at NC State and Clemson. Those are back to back. Most likely not. Now, look, NC State and Florida State, there's there's a history there. But on the road, that's tough. I don't I'm not saying LSU's a guaranteed loss. I think if you say LSU, LSU's a guaranteed loss, you're just going from the whole SEC aspect of it all because <laughs> LSU was terrible last year. They don't know who their quarterback is, brand new coach, brand new system. And again, I love that FSU has that week zero before that game. There's at Miami, which could be a loss, but is very winnable. Florida, Florida's mm-hmm. rebuilding mm-hmm. as well. The two SEC teams that Florida State draws are very much rebuilding. Right. And so I don't think those are guaranteed losses for us.
0: No, not not at all. And, and I love, love how you spell it out here. And I think it is truly at NC State, which is, let's just be honest, has been a house of horrors for Florida State, even when yeah. they were great. I mean, I remember right. watching EJ. EJ has
1: told us yeah, about that. EJ <laughs>
0: lose there. I remember watching uh uh, uh, uh Jameis lose Jameis. there, too. So, I mean, it's a tough place to play. Uh, it's a rowdy environment, and for whatever reason, FSU, it, it, it's, their, it's their house of horrors. They don't want to go there. So now with probably the best NC State team uh, at least preseason that we've seen in a very long time, maybe ever, uh, that that's that's a very tough environment to go to. And then, of course, welcoming Clemson home uh, to Tallahassee there is, is, is going to be very interesting. So I, I don't know, KG. I, I think, man, it, it's tough, but I want to go over. I think they can get to seven. If it was, I'm leaning
1: that way, too. Yeah,
0: it, it's tough. It's tough. I think seven I'm is— I'm going over,
1: though. I think seven makes more sense than six, mm-hmm. unless Jordan Travis gets hurt or something right. like that. But there are some winnable games. Duquesne, Louisville, BC, Georgia Tech, Syracuse, Louisiana. I I think seven makes sense. And what Coach Norvell was saying at the end of our interview with him, they have some really big home games. And I think they built back some goodwill last year. Right fighting back after that tough start, Doak Campbell has to bring it. And I think this fan base is really ready to get back behind this team in this program.
0: They've been in my mentions, so I need them to be in the stadium. Let's see. (laughs) Let's see it happen. Um, And and they've been challenged a little bit too, I think. I think people calling them a little fair weather. We need them to see, pack the Doak, get that thing back to what it's supposed to be. That's what you've got to do. Hey, huge shout out to Derek Satterfield getting this thing rolling, Florida State SID. And, and, of course, Coach Mike Norvell there. Really appreciate uh, and gracious of his time. Um, but that's it, guys. Thank you for listening. Another great episode of Gramlick and Mac Lane. Go get Sirius XM. Listen to us in your car. Listen to us on your phone. We'll follow you anywhere you want to go. But also go over to YouTube. It's always great to say hello. We see you guys. Uh, subscribe over there and Apple Podcasts, the OGs. Always appreciate y'all. But until next time, we'll see you.